0: What? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is ever over until we decide it is. Was it over when the French flattened Coventry? Hell no! It ain't over now, cause when the going gets tough... The tough get going! Who's with me? Let's go! Come on! What the fuck happened to the left I used to know? Where's the spirit? Where's the guts, huh? This is our only future, but you're gonna let it be the worst. Ooh, we're afraid to go with you. We might get in trouble. Well, just kiss my ass from now on. Not me. I'm not gonna take this. Boris, he's a cunt. Reese Mogg, he's a cunt. Gove, he's
1: a lizard. He's right. Psychotic, but absolutely right. We gotta take these bastards. Now, we couldn't fight them with conventional tactics that could take years and cost millions of lives. No, in this case, I think we have to go all out. I think this is a situation absolutely requires a serious and really long-term gesture to be done on everybody's part. We're just the podcasters to do it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Let's do Woo. it. Fucking guys. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome back to Podcasting is Praxis, the only leftist collective podcast coming straight from the United Kingdom, still of Great Britain and Northern Ireland for however long that lasts. My name is Rob and with me tonight are...
0: I'm Elijah. Uh, I'm I'm regretting agreeing to do that live.
2: (laughs) (laughs) uh, This is Seb. Haven't been on for a long time, but I'm back again. Uh, Got my Twitter handle of PC Socialism.
3: And yes, I'm John. Uh, good to meet you all. Uh, I'm the one with the unpronounceable Twitter handle, T-S-I-E-T-I-S-I-N, <laughs> and Small Child. <laughs> and small child. Well,
0: lovely to have the Small Child as well. It's a better podcast yeah. with five of us on. I mean, what better signal to <laughs> exactly. say that
1: we still have a big future to fight uh, together. Uh, this is our first show since the election. Um, Ooh,
3: it's going yes. to make me cry. <laughs> It's what, you we'll can, be yeah, fine you can We'll be fine.
1: We will I mean mm. we have to yeah.
3: no, we have to pick ourselves up
1: off the ground. The we have to the struggle continues.
2: <laughs> yeah. We've dragged ourselves out of our various beds, various bottles, various basements, and on air to discuss what happened and what is yeah. going to happen in the future.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I only sobered
1: up yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> I've just been wandering God, I wish I done the lanes that. <laughs> and byways and hills.
3: I've just a, you know, with like a knapsack, but not the wheat <laughs> fields. Never, r- field.
2: never the wheat fields.
3: I didn't drink that much because I had one drink before the exit poll came in, and then I heard the exit poll and I thought I'd best yeah. not drink anymore.
2: Yeah, I was apparently trying to lure people back to my house at <laughs> six a.m. to keep drinking,
3: <laughs> uh, which. <laughs>
1: I mean, oh, being dear. in
3: an alcoholic stupor for that the entire five one years of the options, Yes,
1: but I think it's, you know, I think it's it's mm. more important that we feast on other people's livers than that we, uh, you know, destroy <laughs> our own. With some fiber beans <laughs> and a nice Chianti?
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest sort of feeling everyone had was what the fuck happened, what did we miss, mm. and... uh when you're already feeling that detached from reality because of what you've been doing to yourself over the past two years, um, a little bit of further detachment doesn't seem like the worst idea.
2: Mm. Yeah. But no, it ideally shouldn't last. uh, Well, and really can't last. So now we're hopefully trying to spend a bit of time thinking about, yeah, like proper, proper things to be doing, I guess. Yeah. suggestions for you listeners as well as ourselves um mm. this is a struggle that we're going to be going through together yeah. and uh, yeah.
1: it's time to you know like that was a bad yeah. beat but it is time to let's pick ourselves back up off the mat and you know deep breath and then let's get ready for the next round because for those of you who are terminally online like us you can already see that all the blairite bastards and all the blue labor t- you know diseases are coming out of the woodwork to tell us that Socialism is actually bad, and what we need is Blairism, but with more racist.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to that. It's going to be great. Uh, funnily enough, notice how all the people who were very concerned about anti-Semitism up to about like a week ago have uh, suddenly nothing more to say on the issue. Yeah. Mm. yeah, they've just fallen off the face of the earth. It's, uh, it's, that's it. Solved. It's gone. Um, yeah. Everywhere in the world, yeah. Um. (laughs) Um, What the fuck happened, guys?
2: Yeah, let's talk a little bit about, actually, the the 12th. Um, I mean, the the, the exit poll had some real shocking reactions, you know, like uh, people are assuming Labour was going to get, like, 15% of the vote almost just to have that kind of uh, seat change, but... the majority of the seats lost were you know down to quite small marginal losses just um the the vote didn't show up for labor but it didn't necessarily go anywhere else um and that's the real tragedy of the the labor party and corbynism up to this point that it had a a huge positive appearance of being able to mobilize these people and it did but just not in the right places and, and not not for long enough. We do, not I mean, we did lose answer, a, a, a actually, share
1: of the vote as well. I mean, we in 2017, we were at 27-1, uh, and this time around, we were at 21-6. Now, what a lot of people are going to try to tell you is that they all went Tory because they're secretly fash, but that's just not true. Most of the people who didn't show up didn't vote, so Labour voters simply did not go to the poll.
2: yeah and that's the tragedy trying to figure it out um just on a quick point there the the figures you used um they were sort of the uh the voters that were changing party from 2017 like labor's actual vote share this time okay. is 32.2 okay. yeah. Okay. yeah so thankfully it's not quite that disastrous but yeah that's um just to show that those that we needed to keep from 2017 chunk of them absolutely spiraled off into yeah. just not voting and that. But what I will say so sort of in,
1: in the positive side of it, it, it and what really does inspire me going forward is that there was a big, you know, there was youth turnout. I think we had even more people out on the streets doing door knocking, doing campaigning. Um, You know, I do think that there is much more enthusiasm in the party now. Than there was before, and and the challenge is in the next few months is that we have to keep that
2: flame burning. Yeah, I mean, you've, oh well, uh, go ahead, Elijah. Sorry, I mean, yeah. you've, got, you've got the positive news of the
0: evening, really. You can well, feel free to I talk mean, about that, that. That's not fair. I don't want my independence on the sacrificial altar of the poor and disenfranchised of England. Okay, yeah, I'll, fair, i take fair. it yeah. any way it comes. At, at this point, I've got not not many options left. Um. I, I think it's we might have to be a bit wary about uh, overestimating some of the increased turnout stuff that happened, because it did happen. But I think part of the danger there and part of the reason why a lot of people were so blindsided is that um, the London-centric media bubble is a real thing and it doesn't just apply to the melts and the centrists and the conservatives. I think it uh, it's just as damaging and just as... Um, just as influencing to people like Owen Jones or Navarra Media or, you know, the alternative lefty people. And a lot of the big um, online campaigners, a lot of the big sort of youth engagement stuff was coming from a more sort of southern London-connected or London-adjacent sort of area. And I think there is a level of... um, Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say something like metropolitan bias or anything stupid like that. But I think there is a tendency for people who are in London or work in London or around London to just forget the rest of the country actually fucking exists. Um, That's been a problem for a long, long time. So I'd be wary about putting too many eggs in that basket. The youth turnout however is a very good thing and I'll have more to say about that a bit later on when we get into the sort of wider narratives about this
1: yeah I mean essentially what what bit... we were worried about and what I do think a lot of commenters pointed out before was this whether or not the, the the what we you know the the red wall the northern constituencies they they did crumble and I think you know that's clearly what cost us the election but they didn't crumble as we said by by these massive margins so I do think that that these are seats that we can get back but that's going to require a very different effort this time around
2: absolutely i mean fundamentally just uh, quickly jumping into what to do now um y- we can't wait five years no, absolutely not um electoral cycles are gonna take about five years we can't suddenly expect things to suddenly shrink or um boris to call another election for the sake of it so, you know, the 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 left wing does need to start thinking about what to be doing outside of parliament and indeed outside of the Labour Party to a little extent, at least in England and Wales and obviously like the Scottish um independence question is now going to completely change what uh, left wingers should be spending their time on up there as yeah. well, I imagine. I mean,
1: let's that's I think that's that's really good, but let's I mean for now obviously I think anyone trying to tell you and a lot of commentators and a lot of poorly informed people essentially in the next... Well, already now and certainly in the next few weeks when we get all the post-mortems are going to say it's one thing, right? It was Jeremy Corbyn is is an anti-Semite or a bad person or this, that or the other, or especially it was all about Brexit. Um, None of these things, like they all contributed, I have no doubt, but like anyone trying to sell you a single cause um, is absolutely full of it and you shouldn't listen to them
0: i don't know i would be you see because i i'm not sure i entirely agree there and i think part of it comes from the scale of the changes not the scale of the vote shift but the scale of how many seats actually went and how geographically localized a lot of this was um and i'm not saying that it's it's just the one issue uh, it's it's the incessant smearing of of Corbyn as an anti-Semite and a Hamas sympathizer and a a secret IRA uh, bomb maker and, and, you know, everything else, that definitely had an impact. The the labor infighting uh, didn't do us any favors. All this stuff certainly contributed, but it does seem like at the end of the day, the these things only contributed towards the much larger shift that was being driven by Brexit. Um, and that, that's not to say that it could have been beaten by having a clear position either way. Like, I'm not saying Labour should have no. gone full leave no. or, or full remain. No. But I think the problem here is that Brexit itself symbolises a lot of things that do not have anything to do with the European Union or with our membership regards mm. to that. And it's this kind of it's 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 just this sort of catalyst, this this uh, combined ball of white hot fury, yeah. uh, that's that, that that has come to to, to symbolise a lot of other issues. In part, the north being still left behind by uh, Blairism and New Labour. Um, in part, by Labour's failure to deal with a lot of key narratives since 2010. Uh, and I've got more, I've, I've got some more stuff to say about that, that we can get into um, later on. And in, in, in part, just a, a problem with the national characteristic of the UK, which is a much larger discussion we can have, and I'd be happy to have it. Um, but I do think we have to be a little bit, um, a little bit cynical in our analysis, or we risk putting uh, too much emphasis on the wrong things in the future.
2: I think when i say or certainly when i'm thinking and talking about uh, well uh, brexit was the primary thing is the the risk then that oh well brexit is over now or brexit's going to move on to a new phase and therefore it's not <laughs> going <gonna>, it <laughs> to it's not going to turn on the in the same way again but there there will always be some kind of well the the right wing will always try and activate those same deeper um, emotions sense of abandonment nationalism etc well, so
1: and, and just just purely it, practically speaking like i mean we've seen some of the noise coming uh, out of the tories since the elections been done but you know one thing i can promise you like brexit isn't it won't be over for another decade or so i mean we again this is a bit of future casting but this thing's going to be with us for another decade or so
2: yeah yeah we now actually have to figure out what kind of uh international relationship we want with the rest of the world and uh that's gonna take a very long time to settle into any kind of shape let alone agreed conclusion yeah.
1: and and my worries is 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 in into that future uh is two things um i do think uh, elijah you're completely completely right that brexit is sort of has been coded um so many things have been coded into brexit the dissatisfaction with central government the fact that people's lived experiences really have not improved for you know probably not since staturism really certainly not in the north um into all these other things fear of loss of identity fear of of whatever the the current i do think that there is a native sort of english nationalism uh, that that 's becoming strong now, and brexit is it's it sort of all that 's being coded in into brexit, but yeah. one of the things that worries me but also gives me hope is that um, you know that the bucket called Brexit is empty, and like once the electorate f- finds that out, my hope is that they see, okay, so maybe I have to vote for somebody else. My worry is is that especially the
0: Tories will, will just fill it with racism and uh, fear of immigrants.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, that's yeah. my thing, because for me, the big one of what you mentioned is is actually the racism one. It's the English nationalism. Uh, Brexit, to me, has always seemed like a, a, a sort of it's a, a distilled expression of British imperial revanchism, this nostalgia for, for, you know, being a big, important country that got to do with the fuck it wanted. English nationalism, racism, xenophobia. Um, all this stuff has been allowed to fester and, Partly because, and I'm going to draw the line at 2010, now obviously this has been an issue uh, from a, a, a non-left Labour Party for a long time beforehand under Blair and, and prior to Blair, but I'm going to draw the line at 2010 because that's when you can start seeing the difference of how messaging actually works, because from 2010 on you have a Labour Party that's triangulating itself into racist mugs, um, controls on immigration all all that stuff being big in the manifesto the entirety of 2010 to 2015 was us screaming about how doing softer Tory policies isn't going to win you Tory voters it's just going to tell people why not vote for the Tories if you both agree on the same thing Uh, but you can see the difference because that around 2010 is also where the SNP starts messaging pro-immigration really really heavily they start it's it's part of their whole, you know, progressive, independent Scotland vision thing that we're going to be internationalist and part of the EU and all that stuff. But they also start messaging really heavily. And as a result, after, you know, like five or six years of near constant uh, positive messaging about immigration, combined with competent government and a popular grassroots movement that swept the country in 2013 and 2014, there is an advantage to it. And I'm not saying this is the reason why the SNP won very heavily in 2015. That's obviously because of the tail end of the of the Yes campaign. Or why they won very heavily in just now in 2019. But it's probably why the EU referendum won. Uh, sorry, it's, it's probably why the EU referendum went Remain in Scotland. It's probably part of the reason why uh, Scotland voted overwhelmingly to stay in the EU is because it had about five or six years of constant positive messaging from, from a prominent party in government. Yeah,
1: that was um, actually willing to say the other thing and not just do yeah. what Westminster does is everything that is bad comes from Brussels, everything that is good comes from us essentially.
0: Hmm. That's the big problem with the Miliband period. The, w- Labour needed to be undoing these narratives for as, as much time as possible. And you can't undo an extra five years of, of five or six years of triangulation no. with a, a short two or three year stint. No. Yeah, we well, well, lost, lost the connection
2: enough. to such an extent that even the yeah. Recorban resurgence sort of completely it, the membership growing sort of was growing in a completely different way rather than simply returning to the older labor mm-hmm. structures and uh, heartlands and things like that and yeah. yeah so this this unfortunately was just the consequence of that
1: the only it's, thing I, I wanted to sort of uh, add, add add to uh, the origins of this is what i want to be careful of i mean I, I do think there's a conversation needs to be had but i think it needs to be had a, a lot more careful than at least some of us have been having it um not us as a podcast but us on the left is this narrative of it was media bias and i'm not talking about you know, the red tops and the telegraph and that kind of stuff. Cause like, we know where that comes from. It's always been the same, but like, do I think that the BBC was entirely even handed this election? No, I don't. But do I think that it was actively malevolent? Like I also, I, like I can find evidence for it, but I find it difficult to credit that. And I, I, I always want to be a bit careful. Like, it, you know, if we start calling for the destruction of the BBC, which the Tories are doing now again, you know, yeah are are we not killing much more
3: than
0: than when you lose by that amount of seats uh it's not something that even-handed media coverage would have averted if if labor had lost by like one seat and then we we went to that place and everyone said oh yeah it's because he's an anti-semite or he's in the ra um i know because the bbc told me so then you can blame them for that one seat and that one loss but when it's that systemic an issue over that many seats it's yeah it it wouldn't have done anything labor should be able to win despite bad press coverage because that's always going to be a problem
2: yeah yeah definitely
0: and and one more thing i mean and, and then i think we should go on
1: to to sort of what the consequences for for all this are um but is this what we are seeing really a lot now is is what i first mentioned as a positive is that the youth vote is there it is increasing and it's vastly turning uh, uh, labour or p in Scotland
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, but on the other side old people are just barreling towards the Tories and <laughs> and you know in a bad way and you know the advantage for us is that you know society advances one funeral at a time so you know <laughs> but my worry is that like it's not just that 65 old coffin dodgers that are you know are are Hard Tory now. It's that the 45s are going their way, and the 50s are going their way. So, like, yeah, once the current generation of boomers dies, you know, it, it, we have to find a better electoral strategy that talks to the olds, uh, at least to a bigger extent than we did in the in the last campaign. I, I
3: suspect, yeah. yeah, I suspect that uh, once Jeremy Corbyn has left as a leader as well, that that's going to make uh, the popularity of the Labour Party just plummet as well i do think a lot of it was down to him mm. especially that youth vote they really went behind him mm. but i that's, don't know did they just yeah. meme
0: a lot or or was it genuine I, I guarantee you there's people making memes about angela rayner and rebecca long bailey like right now
2: oh well yeah <laughs> there, there's already that suggestion that is it positive to um, Elon Gate Rebecca Long Bailey's torso, so she looks incredibly tall. <laughs> <laughs> the dank RLB memes, I got. yeah. Long Bailey so,
1: is long. <laughs> exactly,
2: it's 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 a cultural thing, and yeah, Corbyn was the guy that started this. Um, but people are attached to ideas, not just people. They're attached to communities um, that have. Been developed around labour activism, so yeah, it'll be different.
3: But but I think because he didn't any come project over as that's a,
2: just relies on one person that dies anyway. So I don't think
3: he came over as a politician as much as the others do. He didn't seem like a stiff person in a suit, which is what so many other of, of them are. And he felt like uh, a yeah, of he, is. yeah. I mean, he, he, he is. I mean, yeah, and he is. And they need someone like that again if they're going to keep the youth vote. If they don't, I got no idea where well, they'll probably go off to the Greens.
0: I don't no. think he was that good at it. Honestly, this might just be me, but I I thought he was too quiet, too calm, too soft-spoken, um, not snappy enough, not decisive enough in, in like press situations. Um, I I was I was always worried he, w- he he was a little bit too mild as a as a force of personality. Um, yeah, I can see why. I mean, the problem is like you need someone who can who can
1: do that and be a bit sharper, because I agree with you, the, the communications of the campaign were not very good, and he's not a very great communicator, I, I think. Um, I'm, I'm sure like he's, he's a got great good communicator, he's, he's just not a great propagandist. Yeah, yeah, and, and we need someone, I mean, the problem is, like, we need someone with better skills, the problem is we need someone with better skills who's not an android. Like, you know, we, we need someone who's not dead inside and has terrible <laughs> yeah. ideas Jess phillips yeah. but who does the Sunday talk shows very well you
2: know i still feel like that's personalizing a little bit like it it is a movement and while the leadership is obviously important for that and certainly yeah. retaining the leadership of labor will be vital for uh, the advancement of left-wing causes in the uk yeah. um it's It's more than that, it's retaining the structures and uh, then like amplifying the message that comes out. Like, okay, given the weaknesses of Corbyn around um, lack of, um, you know, sort of presentation in certain uh, times and places, he still had great output because the people, the movement was around him was willing to put the message out there for him. And then whoever replaces him They'll, they'll still have access to that to a large degree and yeah. if they're actually better at it themselves then that will be even better
1: yeah, I mean a, the Labour Party is yeah. or, or should be and I do think it is already it, 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 it has become thanks to Corbyn once again a platform for ideas and for an actual future right I mean mm. it, it, the document the, the, the manifesto if nothing else it did offer a, a different vision of the future and, and hope So I think that will stay if we work hard, if we keep the flame alive, like if we all sit down now and start feeling depressed and start, you know, if we all check out for six months, a lot of the people who went campaigning for the party, who did all these things are going to drift away. Mm -hmm. So the most important thing right now is to keep, you know, keep the flame alive.
0: Well, I mean, that's, 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 that's why it's important to consider the leadership question, because if you see it as a strategic issue, right, ideally you want a, a group of people who are all smart in their given field, coming up with good policies and, and formulating the best ways to talk about issues and, you know, uh, and to get the message out. And you want someone who is attention grabbing enough, someone snappy enough to be yeah. your, your sort of campaign figurehead. No, you need um, a standard bearer, absolutely. Yeah. So, you can have a a, a, a tactical consideration in, in, in that regard, which we probably should maybe put a little bit of thought to in terms of being a, well, yeah. not me, but whoever's yeah. in the wider labor movement.
1: And for me, for me <laughs> one, of the, one of the problems with, with, with saying is, oh, we're just purely a, a, a movement, is for me, that was one of the central issues that you saw with um, Occupy Wall Street and then that whole stuff, where it was... That was just a movement but with no leader and therefore nobody to talk to. You know, I mean I that's a whole other like kettle of fish not, to be honest. <laughs> the, yeah. But, I'm not sure that's the best comparison there, but I get uh, what you mean. Like it, But it, like it, the, the media and you know, like we have to put somebody on the Sunday talk shows, we're gonna to have to have somebody do the interviews and like we need that person to be a representative of the future we want and, and yep. have some of the strengths have have the, the so the compassion and the ideas of Corbyn, but different strengths it, as a leader
0: I think yeah, yeah a, a movement needs a tangible contact point or it's just gonna go nowhere so it's just gonna yeah. movement itself into other movement <laughs> yeah All
2: right, so I mean so, what's gonna happen outside of Labour then um, just in the UK in general what the consequence is gonna be do you guys reckon
1: well at, at the risk of I mean we, we have a pod ban on uh, Scottish politics and I think uh, that's I gonna
2: break immediately
1: I I, I, I <laughs> I just want to open the spider hatch for a few moments, so, <laughs> um, you know, obviously I'm definitely not Scottish enough, so maybe, Elijah, you want to say something about what's going on up north?
0: Well, um, y- yeah, if you're if you're looking at generally what's happening outside of Labour, there's going to be, like, a few main things going on. One, of course, is the internal Labour Party re- reconfiguration. The other is going to be wider extra-parliamentarian leftist politics. Um, uh, and then the third thing is the Scottish issue. Um, and to be perfectly honest, um, I don't think the Scottish issue really needs to be addressed all that much uh, right now for this purpose. The Scottish issue knows what it's doing; it knows where it's going. You have a, a strong pro-independence party elected with a strong mandate. They're going to push for what it what what they're. Tautological, raison d'etre, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Scottish independence. Um, yeah, the, the clue is sort of in the name. I mean, yeah, it's... it is in the name. They're they're going to bump up against. I can run over some of the um, like obvious problems that people will be writing think pieces about that, that you can look out for. Um, number one is the fact that Boris Johnson is very, 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 very unlikely to grant a uh, second. Yeah, no, 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 he's ne- he's record. never going to
1: do it. He'd be, he'd be no. insane to do it.
0: Uh, there is a, a motion going through Holyrood on Thursday, I believe, um, to outline a legal way to ensure Scotland can have a legally respected uh, referendum. We'll have to see what it actually is, um, what, it gets, what, what amendments it gets subjected to, and if it can actually work on a legal basis. Um, the SNP is pretty adamant in wanting to be independent of the UK and a member of the EU. I don't think there's many problems there in terms of the EU perspective. Spain might be an oof. issue I'd, because uh, uh, they oof. don't want to um, set a precedent for Catalonia. They've been making far more conciliatory noises and movements towards it. So as long as there is something uh, with enough legal finesse, and I think you've told us this enough times, Rob, that the EU loves their legal finesse.
1: They do love the EU, e- yeah. but they also like steering well clear of uh, political landmines uh, you know, and just sticking their head in the sand as long as they can. So that's yeah. like two fundamental EU instincts colliding with each other.
0: I'm pretty sure that if it comes to a civil war situation and Scotland is not yet in the EU, they will do absolutely nothing to help us. That's pretty much a given. I'm just saying that um, if the SNP lawyers can, can can work out an agreeable sort of situation with the Spanish government, where uh, they don't feel like Scotland accessing the EU and sidestepping Westminster to do so as an independent country would set a dangerous precedent for Catalonia, they could probably be persuaded to uh, not veto the membership.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, so yeah, that's... that's-
0: I'd thought, you know, like, wow, what a crazy situation
2: if they do, like, a unilateral declaration of independence, but I hadn't really thought that Spain, yes, without prior reassurances, would never never give them that opportunity. Yeah, No.
0: You'd have to finagle something. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of legal think pieces about international law and European law and the Vienna Convention and um, all this shite. Uh, That's probably the big ones. In, In terms of campaigning, the... The SNP knows what it's doing. The, the yes to thing has been going around. It's got a lot of signatures. The petition's growing. The old radical left wing independence groups are ready to burst out again. That's your uh, RIC, your Radical Independence um, campaign. And I suspect RISE will probably be kicking about somewhere as well. Um, Labour in Scotland, a lot of Scottish Labour grandees, like former diehard unionists, are um, coming out in favour of, if not outright independence, at least in favour of definitely having a second referendum, um, uh, because it has a democratic mandate. I suspect that more of the Scottish Labour membership will be pushing them towards that. Mm. Um, I might be wrong. I thought 55 seats was too much when I saw the exit poll, um, and I'm not sure what happened... I was worried that the SNP's focus on Brexit might backfire a little bit, that enough people um, didn't want to be out of the UK and in the EU, uh, like me, but apparently that that was pretty popular. Um, Well, and and, and, you know,
1: apart from anything else, I do think that uh, not just England, but the whole of the United Kingdom and all the Crown dependencies must thank the SNP for Booting out Joe Swinson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, uh, yeah. That was to- very. That was it. Was a shit night, but that was very pleasant. That was a yeah. lot of fun. Happy to take that as a nation, of, collectively.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, just in terms of the the framing of the election as well. I mean, that was a real like obvious hammer blow to centrism and centrist arguments going forward as well that
1: yeah if, but as we've seen li- in the last few days none of the centrist melts live in any way oh, still make the to argument. reality so you know they think they're still waiting for the for the fourth coming of chukaramuna or, or something by now these people are <laughs> mad
2: of course but you yeah, know it's but, it's yeah. another point against them that everyone will hear of and understand <laughs> that no it's not the right way to go
1: yeah, and I and you know, I, just to sort of, I'm gonna batten down the hatches on the, on the Scott Paul a little bit, Elijah, if you don't yep. mind too much, because I do want to briefly mention that you know, th- there's also Northern Ireland and, um, like. F- if, if 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 Boris and he does seem to be genuine and serious about this, he says that the, the the latest deal that he has negotiated is the one that's going to be put to Parliament, I think even before Christmas or before the new year. And that's mm-hmm. going to be enacted into law like that piece of law. I mean, he was lying about many things in the campaign, but what was absolutely it was such a lie that even um, the Irish Prime Minister, the T came out and said, you know he is lying in the current proposal. There will be border checks between Northern Ireland mm-hmm. and, and the UK. So that there can't... You know, and, and sorry, not the UK, but Britain. So uh, I don't know what happens to Northern Ireland because the DUP lost... I, obviously, I'm not an expert on Northern Irish politics, but I saw that the DUP even lost seats to Sinn Féin, which is really extraordinary. Yeah,
0: Nigel Dodds lost his seat. That was a good moment of the night as well. Yeah, that was a great um, moment,
1: but like, yeah. you
0: know... It, well, I mean, I I'm, think... not a, I'm not a Northern Irish politics expert either, but if, if Johnson pushes ahead with a no-deal Brexit, there is going to be a hard border between Northern Ireland Absolutely. and Absolutely, the there can't not be. That is a, mm. and, and, and that is, I don't know if it's enough to kick off the troubles again, but it's definitely an international crisis of diplomacy. That is a failing. Uh, I, I mean, think like we,
2: much of the I danger think, is not the hard border so much but, no, um, between ireland but the border that exists in the irish sea because that's much more of a provocation in some ways than the border in ireland because no
1: but, i mean I, I, in terms of just purely like if you're talking about you know a resurgence of, of political violence i think this is in in that terms it's a lot less dangerous because there's not the, uh, you know, you don't have the hard Irish border between a, a, a Protestant community and a Catholic community. So, in terms of for me, in terms of just purely the Good Friday Agreement, this does represent a better deal than than the May one did. Like, for me, purely if you're looking at it from the Good Friday Agreement, what I don't know in sort of the long term perspective of the of the United Kingdom is, you know, maybe ten years down the line, if this thing holds, you know, this. Uh, what happens to, like, does Northern Ireland, you know, does it, does it actually stay as part of the kingdom? Mm. Like, that's now my question, because yeah. <laughs> all it the incentives be, now lie be, the other way around.
0: It would be fucking amazing if Boris Johnson's premiership results in not only uh, Scotland leaving the Union, but Northern Ireland reuniting with the Republic. That would be fucking hilarious.
2: I mean, I, I'm okay with that, because that means we're on the Star Trek timeline. And all yeah. the shit we're going through now, we end up in Star Trek, and uh, that's fine. Yes. Excellent.
0: <laughs> I can finally um, wear my lycra out of doors. I think we might, I think we might need to get an actual uh, Northern Irish political person on to talk about this, because I'm very wary of, of non-Irish people yeah. sounding off about Irish politics, because we're running the risk of sounding from... like a big bunch of fucking tans, guys, I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: No, that's fair. I mean, but I was looking at it more from like an EU Brexit perspective. And like, Boris saying, you know, I I want uh, a deal by the end of 2020. I think he's even said he's going to put something like that into law or something that there's going to be Mm -hmm. no transition period. And it's like, the EU has already said even before the elections, because they Mm -hmm. do say these things, you just have to find it and usually find it in the pages of the Financial Times. They have already said, if you leave and you want a deal in a year, we can offer you a bare bones, like quite shitty deal, but like, that's it. You know, there's no, anytime Boris says the words comprehensive and deep free trade agreement with the EU, if he's talking yep. about 365 days, like he is absolutely lying. lying. What I, yep. what, what I mm-hmm. can't work out because he's Boris. I mean, he's not quite as, as, I mean, he's a lot more intelligent and like cunning certainly than, than Trump is. But what I can't work out is whether or not he understands this like whether he grasps it intellectually. Because there's two options for me. If he does, yeah. then he wants to do some kind, like, then he wants to do uh, Singapore on the Thames and very low regulation, uh, you know, trade deal with the US, uh, rip shit, financial capital taking over the world. Uh, but if he doesn't, if he genuinely thinks it's possible, then he's just stupid. And I can't work out which one of the two is true.
2: Yeah, it's it's sort of trying to figure out his mindset which is always very difficult. Um but yeah, like can does he think he can bluster his way through this to a, a level that doesn't reflect badly on him? Because I, yeah, I imagine exactly. he would he would take a crap deal if he thought he could spin it into a good deal. So Because
1: because I can't work out essentially for what I know Boris wants to be Prime Minister. That's what I absolutely know. I think that's what we all know. That's what everybody's known for 20 years. But, you know, now that, he, now that he's there, now that he's in the big boy chair, I don't know what his ideological project is, apart from just well, being a standard Tory
0: prick. I think this goes back to the difference between um, Brexit actually being about the EU or Brexit being more of a symbolic thing. And I think he understands well enough that Brexit is symbolism largely. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So anything that he can get, if, if, if he gets a completely fucked up deal that is just awful for the country, for himself, for the wealth, but if it has a symbolic value of having been done and having shown those euros, you know, yeah, yeah, business and four, whatever. Um, yeah. English people don't give a. His electorate doesn't give a flying. Fuck about Northern Ireland.
1: They, no they, that's true. No no.
0: They don't. Well, I mean well no they don't care about the
1: practicalities of Northern Ireland. Uh, of course not, but they do they care, care about, about the b- symbolic the value. symbolism
0: absolutely yeah. So um, but but you can milk that, right? Because if there's a potential future where reunification is on the cards and we have a Tory government in power that has a symbolic um, stake in keeping unionism with Northern Ireland, then you can always escalate that. And there's really yeah. ugly ways you can escalate that, but uh, you can yeah. escalate that. And these are, rem- remember, these are abjectly immoral people. I don't think there's a real no, they, they, yeah. ideology there beyond keeping power and, and and escalating the worst characteristics of the English psyche. Well, I mean, I, I'm going to disagree with you
1: because I do think there is ideology. And, and the best expression of it comes from... I, I can't say I've read it page to page, but I think maybe it's worthwhile that we do for a future episode. It's a little book called Rule Britannia, um, which is essentially a manifesto outlining a, a, a completely deregul- you know, deregulated UK economy, no labor protection, no environmental protection, no nothing protection, just roots of uh, Singapore on, on the Thames kind of hideous economy. Is this like and, the like,
0: Alexander Duggan of the UK? Well, it's
1: Rue Britannia is like the orange book, but for the Tories. <laughs> mm. So, uh, it, it, and four of its five main authors are now senior cabinet members. Uh, Rob Patel, uh, Gove, and there's one more um, mm. who I can't remember. Uh, so, they, they, like, these, uh, there is an ideological project there, but what I can't work out, like, none of those guys are in the big seat, right? Mm-hmm. So there is like,
2: a reshuffle coming up, though, by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah,
1: but none of them will be prime minister. No, sure. I mean, unless Boris, you know, is found one day dead, bent over his secretary, it's entirely possible. But, you know, <laughs> it... uh... I invite all our listeners to visualize that. Yes, thank you.
0: Uh... <laughs> right um, now yeah, that we've lost stun, all our silence, cool, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's let's, let's stop a, that. <laughs> yeah, there's an economic ideology. I think it plays second fiddle to the, 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 the sort of cultural one, if you want to call it a cultural one. Um, but I mean, this is also why the UK must be destroyed as a nation state (laughs) (laughs) completely and irrevocably. Um, I don't know. I always, um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. I I reckon we'll, we'll know more as the weeks go on and we see some policies unveiled. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: I always forget who said it, but there's that great thing that, you know, the Tory party always pretends or always uh, pretended or appeared to be, the, you know, the party of God, country, uh, the monarchy. And then when push comes to shove, all they care about is ground rent. And that's probably still true. Yeah, <laughs> that is
1: probably still true. No, no, that, that, that like there are certain things. I mean, they are absolutely the party of capital and, and they will protect capital and, and give it a, a big sloppy kiss. But like... <sighs> With Boris, well, like, like again, like I can't work out um, uh, how far he's willing to push this because Boris cares a hell of a lot about his own reputation and his own exactly. standing and like how people see him. Like, I don't think Boris has the like the fortitude of Thatcher to just be fucking hated by half the population.
2: No, he did appear pretty shook after the few occasions he's been caught like to a negative public, like his first speech outside 10 Downing Street, where, you know, every, his speech basically got interrupted by people screaming at him from behind the gates. And uh, that EU summit where he didn't go out because, you know, yeah. like 30 people were yelling at him. I absolutely agree. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember the good times. Um <laughs> But so yeah like, I
1: don't this is the stuff we don't know yet but this is the stuff that we have no control of and I do think we should spend the rest of our episode talking about what we do have control of and and what we what we should do next mm-hmm. and by we I mean not just the Labour Party but we as broadly speaking the left in in Britain in Scotland in Wales in in Northern Ireland you know where do we go now
2: yeah yeah absolutely um, I mean
0: if, like I was saying
2: like, earlier. Oh.
0: Yeah.
2: Well oh, yeah. Like I was saying earlier, just you know, electorally there's only gonna be like councillors positions, local elections coming up for five years. That's so,
1: important though. Uh, That's super important.
2: It's not it's not like the basis of uh, the change that needs to be happening though. No, like, but it could be. It it's yeah. a step in it, absolutely, but you know, there there are going to be Labour Party members who are just saying, like, no, the next struggle is this council election or whatever. And in the meantime, various laws are getting passed and repealed and all kinds of other things are going on. And so just looking at the world at the electoral cycle is not sufficient at this point. There needs to be no, vastly not. more extra parliamentary things going on and pretty much as the focus I would say certainly in the short term just because there's going to be you know we're, we're going to have a bit of a shock doctrine going on in the UK what would Brexit yes. what would the uh, the majority of the Tory party have etc so there's a lot of things going to be happening very fast and the electoral cycle is too slow for that so i mean what my sort of suggestion is um, you know that there are various well number one join your union if you haven't already um and Mm -hmm. yeah get prepared to defend what union rights uh do exist uh because you know they're already trying to ban striking on like public infrastructure um things Mm -hmm. like that like the rmt um and so that's going to be a huge struggle almost immediately um there's going to need to be great uh, like inter-community solidarity projects because, you know, uh, EU citizens, uh, BAME communities, um, non-EU citizens are going to face a steady ratcheting up of the basically just pressure, trying to drive them out, trying to drive them away into worse conditions, second-class citizens, that sort of thing. And it's very important that we do what we can. Well, and, to... and probably EU citizens as well. Oh, did I not mention them? Yes, them as well. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Um, or, and, or the
0: really unlucky ones who are Europeans but not EU.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, just any any combination, <laughs> or yeah. you know, if if you don't look British to a particular gammon, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. yeah, you might. No, be I think in that's a good summary. Yeah.
1: If you don't look British, and you know, a pigment does have unfortunately a lot to do with this election. I'm afraid.
2: Hmm. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's sort of the, the my immediate recommendations <laughs> as what needs to to be done to try and go out, join these groups, forge these links um, because they will be needed sooner than, you know, the council or your MP yeah. will be able to help you. Yeah.
1: But I do think the council elections will matter because, you know, unfortunately, the way the UK government is structured is that it's all so dependent on central government funding that like councils are really limited in what they can do. But I do think that there are also in, in you know, the northern Fire et cetera, but in loads of places where there has been local labour councils from, like, the 70s, like, uh, some of them do good jobs, but some of them need just, like, to be ripped out root and branch and be filled by young people that are actually enthusiastic about caring for the communities and not there to line their pockets, essentially, because there are a number of examples of, of that shit going on.
2: Yeah yeah that's true but the the question is then uh it's not a simple case of okay well now suddenly local elections are important and therefore the the voters turn out there has to be
1: yeah you know bigger, work done even thing. before that yeah no oh, absolutely it, it it needs to be more local more connected and you know if if i have a criticism about sort of um what momentum did and what Sort of what we did with our volunteers is that a lot of it was, um, I mean, you know, trying to unseat Boris Johnson like that was really good. But you know, did did they send the same number of people up north to campaign? You know, did we did we do enough of that? And part of the change that we have to make is sort of I think, as a political party or as a group, is to sort of decentralise ourselves out of London. Not as in let's all you know let's all move to Sunderland or something like that. But let you know. Let's let's broaden ourselves out of mm. our own sort of metropolitan areas, which you know. Incidentally, if you're listening to the, this podcast, we are very well represented regionally, unlike yep. other podcasts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be pretty funny if, given that bo- the, the, the the Tories have a majority anyway and can pass whatever the fuck they want, um, what if like every Labour MP just didn't bother showing up and just stayed in their constituency and just uh, started doing local projects and helping people locally and doing, you know, um, any kind of supportive community measures. That's probably a bit much. I don't think they should fall off Parliament entirely. Um, no, no, no. But the, but the idea of, of turning your, your view away from London and towards your actual um, area yeah, yeah there was
2: the suggestion that, you know, in every seat that Labour just lost, they should turn their constituency office into uh, essentially like a Citizens Advice Bureau um, to be providing that aid and assistance to the local community to attempt to rebuild it.
1: Yeah, if we can, I mean, that's a question of funding as well. But to me, like that's kind of the idea, like, you know, the the when you look at the great days of of, of the unions when they were strong and they had real connections to the the working class and to a majority of people. They didn't just provide, you know, the the negotiation with the with capital, they also provided uh, reading clubs, burial funds, you know, working men's clubs, like all that kind of stuff. It's it it, it, you need to reshape the, the, the local Yeah, you need to reshape. The fabric of local society and that's really
0: difficult like that
1: takes so much you, time and effort you don't like, even have to reshape it yeah.
0: you don't even have to reshape it you just have to create it labor has a massive membership list uh people pay subscriptions they have money they can do a lot of very very good things and um the 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 sort of leading by example approach um where if you'll permit me to quote game of thrones <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, yeah go for it no no we're allowed one per episode this is an it's, old it's the uh <laughs> it's the bit where stannis is explaining why he's up north and he says uh um i have to uh, f- uh fight for my people before i can rule them yeah exactly like you know like fuck it it's oh jesus christ that was a shit show towards the no, it, but, it, it, um, first four seasons i'll defend after that <laughs> yeah fair enough <laughs> Um, but ever since the election, well, as uh, uh, as soon as I sobered up, at least I've had Rudy, <laughs> I've I've had Rudy Deutschke going through my head, the um, uh, sort of famous student left leader in Germany uh, yeah. who was assassinated by a tabloid-inspired uh, neo-Nazi. Um, that's mm. you know, great. Um, he he talked about the long march through the institutions, and what that means is is riffing off of Gramsci who, who famously expanded Marx's sort of writings into the, the actual cultural problems that we face and we've all seen the problems with media and, and everything and, but, but that's only one aspect of a cultural and a civic and a social institution. That's the institutions that, that you've got to march through and it's, it's society as well. Now Gramsci was writing about problems like education was a big one. I don't think we have to deal with that. The, the kids are pretty much fucking on fire. They're red. They're left. They're woke. They're you know they're fine. Yeah. I think we got that sorted. We don't really have to worry about you know changing the school boards and teaching them. Well, it will help. All of really. it will help. And, and it, it it'll I think... help. But, but 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 that's a massive advantage for us already. The other institutions, of course, are your 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 civic, cultural, and societal ones. You, back in the day, it was things like church groups and these working men's clubs and stuff like that. But now those things don't exist. No, no. Which which means we can create them. We don't have to reshape anything. We can just create them. We can create communities. Um, I've seen stuff happening in Scotland off the tail end of the IndyRef campaign where where people did start actually becoming more um, active in their local political groups and stuff. I started getting gigs all of a sudden. People saying, We're having a, we're having a night celebrating this, this, the Aberdeen volunteers who fought against uh, Franco in Spain. Would you like to come down and sing some songs? Uh, I've been told you know the songs. I'm like, Great, I'll sing Jamie Foyers. I'll do, some, I'll do some Spanish stuff. I'll do some Italian stuff. I'll do some Scottish stuff. It, 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 it's happening more so now yeah. than it was before. You yeah, can cool. create them, and you can no, use the will. union contacts, but the, 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 the Labour Party should be doing this. It shouldn't just be an electoral vehicle. And they have memberships and they have subscriptions and they have money. Fucking spend it on shit. Yeah. And yeah,
2: in all <laughs> the seats they lost, there's at least one Labour member who suddenly has a lot of time on their hands.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: well, I mean, get them to and do the stuff. And a milk
1: distributor. <laughs> Where?
0: I recommended this at, at an RIC conference years ago. I said, um, do, do, do food drives, food donations with, with pamphlets attached. Propagandize the old school way. Stick fucking leaflets onto, onto food parcels. Do charity drives and have speeches or, or hand out material. You, you do the outreach. Let people know that you are physically, tangibly, and visibly on their side, not just some cunt in London going on the telly and telling you that you are on their side. I mean, I, I believed it, but a lot of people fucking didn't. Yeah. yeah as well that, as just
2: there's... giving them stuff, like you've got to give them a sense of power. And control yeah, and as well because yeah what, that allows them to you know work towards their actual yeah. physical needs themselves which gives them confidence and then if they're doing it as part of the community and the network then that increases yeah. solidarity and so there's so many other benefits to the not only, just having distant worry. saviors from above or even yeah. just aid from yeah. another institution but stuff that they can actually work with themselves and mm-hmm. the you only, know,
1: the only worry that I have with all this, and then especially if you're talking about it in the context of, of youth activism and people being, uh, you know, awakened to certain political realities, is this this stuff is long and it's hard graft and it doesn't have the sexy immediacy of let's go door knocking and, you know, the, the momentum campaign map and all that stuff. So, you know, I completely agree with what you guys are saying. I just think we need to think very hard and think very quick about okay. how we how we turn A into B and that may be like I don't know I don't think we have enough time in that po- this podcast right now to, to, to go through that but I do think this is something that we all need to sort of think about and something that we um, uh, d- that we have to you know how do, how do we turn A into B and I don't I mean, quite have an answer for
0: that yet. I've got some well, practical suggestions straight off the bat let me just fire these out number one go for buy it. everyone bye everyone bye everyone a, a gaming computer and a Twitch account and we can turn every working class person without a job into a Twitch streamer. <laughs> <laughs> um, they can all turn, that yeah, was
2: number fire. one, really. That's it, that's great. <laughs> Problem
1: <solved>. Number two. <laughs> Mandatory podcasting as okay. Praxis accounts on every phone.
2: Oh yeah, support left-wing media like <laughs> broadcasting as Praxis, so number two. Media,
0: I was going to say, seriously, on like a, an actual tangible physical level and this is immediate, you can do this straight away. Go have a party, do parties, network, invite people, reach out to the people you campaigned with, reach out to the people that you met when you were door knocking, do stuff, socialize, keep things together, create oh, form communities and tight bonds. Even yep. if you're just getting fucking hammered and ranting about stuff, you keep that connection there and you have an actual group of people that has a sense of apartments that knows each other and, 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 can, and can do things and move forward. Have parties, man, do it. Get get some get drunk punk fucking guitar player to come along and sing some <laughs> Do you have anybody in mind? Do you, do you have yeah, you're like just trying to get more work, so aren't you? Aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, am I fuck leaving Aberdeen for a gig like that? Jesus Christ, no. Um, miles away from everything. No, but seriously, like do stuff, do events, do, do film screenings, do fun things, do, do calmer things for people who don't like the big loud things, but also do the big loud things because they're great, they're fun, and they attract a lot of people
2: yeah and no, join a union agree.
0: like seb said if you're in scotland i would i'd encourage you to join the the, the living rent campaign that's been having a lot of success um in oh in getting yeah tenancy rights and if you're not compared, in
2: the north join acorn yeah, that's, that's also one. another large one they're doing great work yeah. um i've done a lot of them uh work with them in bristol i'm a proud member and that in terms of like as rob you were saying like how do we uh, keep that enthusiasm going, like obviously, national level stuff is really fucking hard. if you're yeah. just fighting against one shitty landlord, but there's 30 of you, you can win fairly easily.
1: Yeah, 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 no. That, uh, and I think it's specifically speaking, this is again something that we have to think about um, when it comes to landlordism. And I really like the idea of turning the offices of the MPs we lost into sort of citizens of vice bureaus is like, we're going to need the spot of a lot of lawyers and a lot of people with inside knowledge of the bureaucracy to, who are going to need to help a lot of people who are going to get fucked by the new benefit system who are going to be dependent on food banks who are going to get screwed in all kinds of horrible unleashed capital sort of ways so you know i think we need there are there are many things we can do and there are many things we we should do I think one of the big things that we need to do at the national level, again, this is something that you can do now. It's almost like door knocking. It's it certainly involves our political passion. That is to make sure, you know, that we man the barricades and that we stop the fucking melts from getting back in.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the Labour Party leadership is one of the things, certainly beginning of next year, that, you know, if you are a Labour Party member, stay a Labour Party member. Yes, absolutely and- stay. And then keep doing it like there's tons of stuff you can be doing. But I think just voting for the leader as the leftmost leader is like one of the easiest things you could be doing.
1: Imagine how much harder this struggle is going to be if it's going to be fucking Jess Phillips or God forbid, you know, the king across the water Ed Miliband finally lands here again. Because I can see that happening, you know, like we need to stop these people who have never been right for a decade on anything like on anything. And they're all out there squawking the little squawks on, you know, all the talk shows saying, Oh, Corbyn was bad and socialism is bad. And we need to, you know, we need to be like those blue labor shits. It, this is not the answer. And what I, I don't know much, but what I do know is that if we put those people in charge, if we get, you know, some centrist, melty, horrid person, um, you know, like Harry Harman who abstained on, on the, the benefits bill. You know, if we get that kind of shit, then the youth vote and the people who were so passionate in the last few years, they will fuck off and disappear if they see that shit coming back. Yep. So this is vital.
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean, to I, I don't know what extent, we're going to end up doing here on the podcast next year, Um. but hopefully we'll keep being you know, a, a genuine aid to the various struggles as they uh, as they develop over the next couple of years. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, there's
0: we'll, going we'll, yeah, to be work to do. And if nothing else, we can uh, keep pushing alternate media and we can keep things entertaining for a good hour and a half a week at least.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll try to do our best and keep everybody who's listening and and everybody who's been so supportive over the last few months when we got the while well, we got this thing off the ground. You know, like we'll we'll be here. Um, I know that we've got like a giant list of of special episodes, like we've done on uh, anti-Semitism, on trans, on on uh, working in the games industry, all that kind of stuff. You know, like there's more of that planned, so we'll definitely do more of that, and like we're definitely not going anywhere because. You know, this is part of our tiny little contribution: is to yell into microphones once a week. Yeah, <laughs> but it is the most yeah, important part of praxis, after all.
2: <laughs> yeah, and we'll we'll try and lure in you know more and more people with various useful or just interesting perspectives to come and uh, entertain you, radicalize you even more if that's possible, and uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah get get everybody else we've we've been reliably informed that at least one tory listens to this so apparently it is possible so you know just like do a is a marship put our put this on uh <laughs> while you sleep just you know get your girlfriend or boyfriend or partner or whatever makes you happy you know just ambiently put them in put us in their ear holes
0: hey, are you frustrated with the way things are going
2: comrade have you heard of dialectics <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> I think that might be uh, I think that might be a good place to fucking call the kibosh on this Do we have a- yeah. anything else from the notes to address anything we've got to go over Uh,
1: No, but I would like to sort of... uh, Yeah, no, I think that's a good place to leave it.
0: Um, I've
2: got one maybe inspirational little quote just to to leave on if we can do that. Um, There's one from Tony Benn that's been floating around for a little while, but actually while Googling it, I found a slightly nicer one from him. Or well, not nicer, but just more appropriate as well. Um, So if democracy is ever to be threatened... It will not be by revolutionary groups burning government offices and occupying the broadcasting and newspaper offices of the world. It will come from disenfranchisement, cynicism and despair caused by the realism that the New world order means we are all to be managed and not represented. So is
0: that yeah. that's fucking depressing. Really? I thought that, I, I thought so that as good.
1: No but, to it. To which I would, you know, give you the following uh, answer. Um, It was true then and it's true now and it will remain true in the not always easy times that are ahead of us. My answer would be, rise like lions after slumber in unvanquishable number. Shake your chains to earth like dew, which in sleep had fallen on you. Ye are many,
0: they are few. I see now that's rising.
2: Yeah, that is a better finish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Seb. Maybe i just heard uh, it. It just left me cold. <laughs> <A little bit. laughs> All right. Uh, well, do, a stra-
1: do a struggle session with you. Oh, your God.
0: Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think that's yeah. us. Uh, I'm and, us. And Yeah, this yeah, time we're I'm, done. I've got I'm no gonna, more quotes. It's fine. Yeah, I'm going to leave you with go have a fucking party. Uh, yeah, have fun. drunk. Don't let, don't let the bastards grind you down. Yeah. Uh, par- partying is Praxis. Mm, yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah.
0: Join it's the Labor Party it's... if you haven't. Vote, glad to There's get. another
2: party you can have. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Go it's on. going to be a life of parties and more drinking than before, but we'll be here. All right. That's, a, that's everything. Uh, make sure, if you're still listening, that you follow us at PraxisCast. Um, everybody else has already said their thing. So that's it. Uh, You know, the struggle goes on. It's the long walk. Cheers, everybody.
2: All right. Catch you later, comrades.
1: Bye, Bye,
0: comrades.